0: Hey, thanks for coming out today to kick it with Mika. Have our cocktails, you know what I'm talking about. We got Free Ray, Ricky Ross in the building tonight. He's here to tell you about all his new business adventures and all of the great things that he's been up to. So sit back, enjoy the ride. Don't forget to bring a drink. So what's up, Unc? How you doing?
1: Man, I, I let me tell you, I could not be doing better. You know, I'm 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 um I'm just overwhelmed with my life, you know to 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 have gone to pr- prison and, and getting a life sentence without the possibility of parole and to now be out here on the street and you know I was out of my marijuana grow this morning at eight o'clock nine o'clock i was nine nine thirty ten o'clock I was on uh the phone with david uh made the founder of, of the source magazine. Working on a podcast, that's when to kill the podcast game. I mean, it's just like, you know, like, I'm living that life, man.
0: Oh, so you trying to be my Only competition? You trying to be my competition? Only a dream.
1: Uh, not really, you know. <laughs> I'm just doing it. I'm just doing the damn thing, you know, like, I'm just having fun, you know. Like, that's all I can say, you know, I'm having fun, uh, A lot of people wouldn't understand, you know, to to actually lose your life and, and to get it back is, is, I don't know, it's a feeling that, that I cherish, you know, like how many people know what it feels like to get a life sentence without the possibility of parole and then to, to get it back, you know, and to be able to walk the streets again and, and talk and. You know, and and be on Clubhouse with y'all. You know, and then get all those salutes. You know, like wow, right. what a life! Right. So, I'm just enjoying it. That's all. All
0: right, that's and good to I hear. It. You sound happy. You sound healthy. So I'm I'm t- I'm really glad to hear your response. That's great. I
1: got a little fat though. I got yeah, a little fat. fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out here, you know, in jail, you can't eat. that, You know, once the Chow Hall closes at four o'clock, so. Eating is over, but now, you know, I go to, like right now, I'm in the kitchen right now eating some leftovers, you know, rice and beans. I love these rice and beans. Uh, <laughs> rice and beans? I yes, I love rice and beans. That's my favorite dish. You know, I'm vegan. I've been vegan 30 years.
0: Oh, I, you know we're, what? I saw that. Well, 31
1: years to be, to be exact. 31 to be exact. I might as well. Don't, don't cheat myself out of here. You know, just things. Things are just, you know, just look so good for me. And and you know, what I'm most excited about is that I know that now I'm going to be able to teach others how I did what I did, so that they'll be able to uh, uh, do the same things that I've been doing.
0: Right. And we do have some. Um, we got. We do have some younger listeners here, and some of them may not be um, familiar with. Uh, who you are, they probably heard a little bit, you know, from, you know, from older people. Where they whatever. been? Exactly. They been? That's what I'm saying. But been? but they there, though. Where
1: they been? <laughs> they there? <laughs> they there.
0: So, um, They're going
1: to get in a little bit. They're going to get something tonight. We're going to give them a little bit tonight.
0: A little bit. But I do, I, I want to focus on who you are today. However, we, we'll, we'll scratch the surface, if you don't mind, the, uh, you know, the, the, the other stuff.
2: Yeah, link. we can do that. Okay. We can do that.
1: I I'll give them a little bit. All know. right. I, I started off with one hundred and twenty-five dollars in in the in the in the cocaine trade. Uh, and when I started, I knew absolutely nothing about drugs. I never sold drugs before. I never smoked weed and, and never drank a beer. Uh, I went from one hundred and twenty-five dollars to making as much as three million dollars a day before I got arrested. And When I got arrested, I wound up getting a life sentence without the possibility of parole. I had never read a book when I went to prison. They told me the way out of the prison was through the law library, so I taught myself how to read and write. And I eventually found the issue that uh, that, that got me out of prison. Uh, When I knew I was going to win my case, I became an advocate reader. Uh, I'd already learned how to read law books. So if you can read law books, you're doing pretty good. So I started studying business. I read over 300 business books before I left prison. Uh, I read the newspaper every day, multiple newspapers every day. And uh, I came up with my plan, you know, and and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm executing my plan. um, And there's no industry that I don't think that I could take over that I can't take over. I think that I can take over any industry that I want to. Um, And I'm going to give you one one of my secrets is that I don't work for money. Because I found out that when you work for money, you become a slave to their system. And that's really how America controls people, black people mainly, is because we only work for money. So, I'll stop there and let you take over.
0: Okay, and I did see a video that you said that, and now that interested me a lot on Instagram. But um,
1: so maybe you could well, tell us a and, li- and, and the reason I say that, right, mm-hmm. is because I feel like you know when I sold drugs, I used to make some days as much as six, seven hundred thousand dollars profit in one day. So, if I wanted that kind of money right now, nobody would pay me that kind of money. They can't afford it. So, I can't make money my objective. I have to do the work. And later on, people will recognize that I should have been getting $700,000 a day. And they'll start paying me later on.
0: Hmm.
1: If that makes sense to you?
0: That does make sense. When I heard her, you made me want to quit my job. I'm like, you don't work for money. Let me just do what I like to do.
1: <laughs> oh, if you ain't doing what you like to do, then you got a slave.
0: Right. But this is what I like to do. So I'm doing it right now.
1: We'll do it to the fullest. Go all out.
0: Y'all heard him. So when y'all see me going all out, just blame. Blame Freeway. Bro told me to.
1: Blame me. Blame lose. me.
0: Blame him.
1: <laughs> All this is right. third time today that I've been on the internet talking. You know, you get tired of that. When I say tired, tired is not the word. I don't think. You know, uh, it's time consuming. Uh, sometimes it's tedious, but it's necessary. Okay. So I have to do what's necessary, not you know what I want to be doing because I'd rather be doing something else right now, you know, but I don't know what that is, so I'm going to do what I'm doing.
0: So um, I was always curious as to know, like, for me, your story always started, you know, with the streets and things like that, but I was curious to know, like, what was your childhood like in Los Angeles? Like, what was that like coming
1: up? Well, I grew up on Angel and the Finger and believe it or not, I wanted to be a tennis player. And, I, you know, for the most part, growing up, I was a pretty good kid. I really took a turn in high school, you know, when when it was discovered that I wasn't going to be going to college playing tennis. And um, I, went, I was back in the hood, with, you know, with my my brothers, my cousins, my homies that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Because when when I, when I played tennis in high school, I, I caught the bus to a, to a school on the other side of town that was a nicer area and so forth. But, you know, growing up as a kid, I, I was always an organizer, you know, um, uh, I used to get all the guys in the neighborhood and, and we do car washes to make money so we can go to the movies and go buy a pizza and, you know, we'd all split a pizza. So I've always had kind of an organizing spirit about me, uh, we had we had our own little neighborhood football team on the football team. I was a quarterback. we played basketball I was the point guard, baseball I was the pitcher. so my friends have always kind of put me in type of in in kind of a leadership role um, and and you know and I accepted it and I enjoyed it you know I enjoyed being the one that, that motivated the team to do better uh, so that was kind of my, my my growing up. I grew up without my father. My mother was a single parent, um, did the best she could with raising, you know, raising a boy, you know, and she adopted uh, three of my cousins, um, so that made money really tight around the house, you know, we grew up really poor, you know, where uh, in high school and junior high school, I would take tennis balls, little tennis balls to the bottom of my shoes so that I wouldn't have a hole in my shoe. Matter of fact, you know, one of the funniest things happened, When I got to prison, there was a guy that had went to junior high school with me, and um, he probably was one of the best-dressed kids at the school. So when we got to prison and we bumped into each other, he said, man, I heard that was you. I couldn't believe it because you was the bummiest kid at the whole school. And I just said, yeah, you was right, but things can change. You know, just because you start out one way don't mean you got to end up that way. So it was just, you know, a coincidence that that came up.
0: Hey, that was dope, though. See how life turned around? You was able to see him again, like, yeah, look at me now. I'm getting paper.
1: Yeah, because, you know, so often people look at what their parents did or somebody else did, and, and they tend to take that and make themselves Important, but what your mom and dad did don't make you important. Thanks. It's going to all boil down to what you do for yourself. It's going to define how you looked at in life.
0: That's dope. that's dope. I wish I would have known that because I grew up poor too. But but look at look at look at, hey. look, at look, look at me now. You know, same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um. Boom. What'd you say? Let that flower shine. Let that flower shine.
0: Right. So when y'all see me shining, once again, blame Uncle Freeway.
1: Mm. (laughs) Yes, I'll I'll take the credit for that. I want when the whole black community starts shining to blame me. Blame me. Because I show you how to do it. Son, you
0: got to put the sun back there. (laughs) You got to show you how to do this, Son.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you had to do this, son.
0: Period, man. We need to make that a drop. All right. So, uh, so after, so that's your childhood. So, how did you find yourself having to sell drugs? Like, how did that happen? Was it because, um, how you grew up without, you know, that much money and things like that?
1: Well, you know. I- I found myself not. I wasn't gonna be going to college because I couldn't read or write. So I'm back in the hood. I'm doing what the homies doing, and it's crazy, right? I've been doing in LA all my life, but I never noticed. I I never noticed (laughs) lowriders. That is crazy. And what What I found out is that I was so focused on tennis that I couldn't see the other things around me. You know, I couldn't see the gang banging and all that stuff because it wasn't it wasn't in my focal point you, you know what I'm saying you know yeah. how like they put those blinders on a horse and so all he can do is be straight in front of him. yeah you had tunnel vision I had tunnel vision but once I no longer had that tunnel vision then I started seeing all these other things that was going around me like you know growing up on Figueroa where the hose was at um My partners was low-riding, gang-banging. So now I'm starting to be exposed to all this stuff because I'm hanging out with these guys. So they take me to the street races for the first time, and I see these cars. I was like, oh, my God, I want one of those. And I was talking about the car and the girl. I wanted both of them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I just started going around asking all the dudes, man, how do you get this car? And then one of them, named Dirty Benny, told me to call in tomorrow. He was going to show me. So I did. He started me off driving, stolen cars for him. He would steal the car. I would drive it. Next thing you know, he done taught me how to steal the cars. I'm using the stash bars and and everything. And uh, Benny messed around and go to jail. And I took over his whole business. Hmm. Up until the time that... uh. When I was 18, I had my own chop shop and eventually got raided. And uh, I go to jail, but I wound up beating the case. But that was just another example of how I I, I, I confirmed to what the streets was doing. So then when I was fighting the GTA case, I didn't have no hustle, so I didn't have no money. I'm sitting on my porch one day and I'm like, oh man, I ain't got no money. Because I was making, this is like 79, 78, and I'm making like $300 every night stealing cars. Hmm. So, to go from that to being broke is like, well, so what I do, I'm sitting on my porch trying to figure out my next move. I know I can't steal cars no more that was my best hustle so I don't know what I'm gonna do so then one of my homeboys called me and he's like man I got the new thing I go to his house and he's laid cocaine on the table for me for the first time I'm all in but I don't believe in what he's telling me he was telling me the thing about the size of a match head when was worth 50 bucks and I'm like this dude gotta be lying but it's my homeboy I'm like he ain't never lied to me before so I at least got to investigate and see if he's telling the truth. And uh, he gave me fifty dollars worth, man. I just started going around asking everybody, "What was it worth? Was the real cocaine?" You know, and the rest is history, man. All right. I just lost them from there.
0: Okay, so um, a lot of people that a lot of people are confused as to where the name Freeway Rick came from.
1: Well, yeah, Remember I told you about the street racers that they took me to when I saw the low riders for the first time? Uh-huh. Well, there was this guy named Jake Creighton, and he was one of the coldest low riders in the game. I mean, he was cold. But he would take people's cars. Like He would literally walk up to your car and put a pistol on you and take your car. I mean, he was cold like that. He'd still it, take it. Jack I mean he was he was rough. So we got into it with him. Me and my little young crew. We was younger than they were. But uh, one of the young homies was was knocking his wife off. Wow. So he found out about it. So every time we would come to the street races, he would clown us. And our cars was raggedy too. You know, we had the raggedy cars. We did them raggedy ass freeway boys. <laughs> And, uh, you know, when the top dogs start bagging on you, you know, everybody pick it up. So, at first, it was like a joke. Like, we used to be mad if somebody called us the freeway boys. But then when uh, when I started selling cocaine, it became glorious.
0: Okay. So, did it fit? Like, because, okay, it came from the freeway boys when y'all was, you know, racing cars and stuff like that. But then when they start calling you freeway Rick when you got older and it became notorious... How did it fit? Like, I don't know, because when I was little, I thought they called you Freeway Rick because you was on them freeways or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what the news and the police were saying, that I was selling dope off the freeway off-ramps. I used the freeway off-ramps, which I did. You know, I started buying houses, so I found out the freeway was really, like, secluded. You know, you don't have, like, a whole lot of houses around you. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the side of the freeway, it's kind of secluded. But I already had the name before before that. So it just kind of went. <laughs> yeah, it just stuck with me, you know what I'm saying? And then when the police got a hold to it and the news people was like, oh, yeah, he got these houses by the freeway, so that probably is how he got his name, you know. So we just put all that together. But, no, that's not how it happened, for real. Okay. Jay Creighton named me. Um, I didn't like it. Matter of fact, I didn't really like it until uh, – I got out of jail. You know, even when, when I was selling drugs, you know, none of my none of my friends would call me freeway. You know, it was only after I got out of prison and and uh, the the news had blew me all up. You know, they they thought they was gonna make a billion out of me. They didn't understand that uh that becoming an authentic street dude mm-hmm. <laughs> was gonna become a badge of honor right. in society.
0: Hey, this is Cocktails with Yes, this is Cocktails with here on the Clubhouse app. If you're on stage and you're enjoying the conversation, put your glasses in the air and let's drink to that. If you're in an audience and you haven't done so already, scroll up top, hit the greenhouse, join the club. To show support, you can also share the club by clicking those arrows on your bottom left side of your screen. We have Free Ray Ricky Ross in the building. We also have his link at the top where you can purchase his book, 21 Keys to Success, L.A. Kingpin's cannabis oil products, and all other merch. For those that are listening in, that website is FreeRayRickyRoss.com.
1: You know what? When I, when I look back at my life, right, I could have easily been the king of hip-hop. Easily, easily been the king of hip-hop. Um, I told you I used to play tennis when I was like 16 years old. It was this guy named Otis Smith. In '76, he was driving a convertible Rolls Royce. He used to come pick me up from high school and pay me $20 to go hit tennis balls with his son. I never knew what the guy did. I never asked. I was just glad to get those twenties, right? Because those twenties would pay my bus fare to school and You know, he would buy me tennis shoes sometimes and rackets. When my racket would be broke, he would fix it. But I never took the time out to say, man, what do you do for a living? So after I graduate, I mean, after I don't graduate, after I drop out of high school and I'm away from tennis, you know, I'm selling dope, I'm the man. Well, one day I was like, man, I just want to go kick back by myself. I don't want to be around nobody. I don't want to hear nothing. I just want to go and chill so somebody was like you know they're having a tennis tournament in Santa Monica a pro tournament I was like oh that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go around and watch the tennis so I go to the tournament I'm kicked back on the bench by myself and I look up damn that's a little older so I felt like him being a pro was like a part of me right because I used to hit with this kid you know I used to teach him stuff you know what I'm saying so I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch my protege. So I'm sitting there watching him, and he's playing. He's playing at Otis is playing. He's uh, number three, I think, at UCLA. He's playing the number one guy from Stanford University. So it was kind of a grudge match. And then they start arguing. You know, the guy from Stanford is a big old guy, he looked like a, a middle linebacker, Right. And uh, he got the whole Stanford team behind him, but you know UCLA ain't in the back because he's black and the whole team is white. And he's the only black on the team, so he kind of by himself. But then his dad get in the argument with him and like told his son, "Oh, no, you don't argue with him. I take this up." So I'm sitting there watching. I'm saying, "Man, if this thing go haywire, this is gonna be ugly. The white boys are gonna mop him up." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna fight all them white boys." So what I do is I get on my cell phone and I say, man, I'm at Santa Monica at the tennis court. The white boy's are just going to jump on me. And What do I say that for? Santa Monica, from Santa Monica in L.A. is about a 30-minute drive. My dudes was there in like 12 minutes, 10 minutes. So they pulled up exactly the time that the match ended. I don't know how the timing was so good. And the first one I seen coming over the fence was one of my cousins from Texas named Bear. Bear weighed about 250 pounds, had hauled puck with all of his life, never wore a pair of shoes until he came to L.A. He didn't know what two tennis shoes was, but he was strong as an ox. So Bear was on a motorcycle, and he jumped over the fence, and he had a motorcycle helmet in his hand, and he was running toward me, full speed. And when he was getting close, the dude hit Otis in the eye. Bam! Hit the old man Otis in the eye. So Bear looked at me, and I gave him a nod. I said, take care of that. Bear caught the boy with that helmet, and blood just went everywhere. Eyes all over the place. So by that time, all the dudes, all oh my guys just hit the fence. It's like 30 dudes hit the fence. Nobody paid. And they just go to beating Stanford dudes up. So I go break it up, you know, so I look like a good guy. Hey, these good people wrong. Get out of here. I don't want to bail all my guys out of jail. No way. You know, them white folks gonna put their ass away in jail for what they did. So I break it up. They all get out. Nobody go to jail. Police come. And we just stand around. Oldest don't even recognize me because I got hair on my face now. You know, I'm a grown man now. I'm like 23 years old now. Mm-hmm. So my old tennis coach from high school come up, who introduced me to Otis. So they talking, and I'm just sitting back listening. And then uh, they start talking about music. So he tells the, the 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 high school tennis coach, "Man, I told you you all invest some money in this music business with me." Blah 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. So the high school coach, I don't know he know me. I mean, know what I've been doing, but he knows, right? And then he's just like, huh. Rick, the one you ought to ask to, uh, to invest with you. And matter of fact, he probably the one who had these dudes to come here and, and, and save your life. And then the oldest looked, he was like, little Rick. And I was just smiling. And he was like, man, let's go to dinner. So we go out and eat dinner. And we start talking. And he was like, man, you know, I'm in the music business. I come to my office tomorrow. I got this girl that, uh, she sang like a Markenberg and uh, I need some money to put around, da 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 da. So me and him hit it off. We start hanging every day. I go to his office and he showed me all the cracks on his wall. He got Bobby, he found Bobby Womack, Rick James, mm. uh Patty the Bill. He did Patty the Bell's Comeback album. Once he did with Bobby Womack, I think it was. He, he I mean, he's just he got hits. You know, he's a hit maker. Platinum and gold all on his wall, you know, so I'm like, Wow. And on top of that, he used to take care of me.
2: Mm.
1: So he used to look out for me when I had nothing. So you my man. Right. You didn't know, you you ain't have to do nothing. You my man. You should look out for me. I owe you that. Right. So that singer was Anita Baker. That's dope. So that's how that went down. And But he's also the one, him, Dick Griffey, and Barry Gordy were the ones that told me that hip hop was a fad. And it
0: wasn't. I was tampering with
1: hip hop. I was tampering with hip hop right then.
0: Temper how?
1: I was messing with, I was messing with DJ Pooh. Uh, I, I tried to sign Master Spade. I don't know if you know who Master Spade is. I heard him. Well, you know, Master Spade, his drum machine is what Dr. Dre learned how to do. How to, how to work a drum machine. It was Master Spade's drum machine. Okay. He was the first guy in Thompson to have a drum machine. So, from what what I heard is Spade and King T would be in the house making beats, and Dre would be peeping through the window, <laughs> trying to get in. That's how that's how four I go back in the hip hop. That's and with, with Otis and and, and Dick Griffey being the first independent distributors of record labels in the game, they had all the distribution knowledge that, that I needed. So So that's how I could have been the king of hip hop. It sounds
0: like I wouldn't it.
1: have slipped.
0: They said you they if said Go ahead.
1: If I wouldn't have slipped, I slipped on hip hop.
0: Did you um did you fund Anita Baker's uh was it her debut album or something like that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: That's what's up. So we wouldn't even heard of Anita Baker if it wasn't for this brother right here. This good brother right here.
1: Well, I don't know about that because you know <laughs> she should be with chapter eight. Chapter eight was also signed to Otis too. Okay. And Chapter Eight kicked her out of the group. So you that's oldest what... found chapter eight, too. Okay, but he was glad when they kicked her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was glad when they kicked her out the group. But she probably would have. She may have broke through, you know. But um, we sued. We sued Anita Baker too. She jumped our label. Wait, you sued her because she jumped your label? Yeah, she jumped the label. They 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 did a. I was in jail when they when they when they when they did the settlement and everything. Uh, but she, 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 she left Beverly Glen. She was signed to Beverly Glen music. Oh. Beverly Glen music was Otis's label and it was supposed to be mine too. But you know, by me being in the game, I didn't want nothing in my name. I didn't want no paperwork. Right. And, and I trusted Otis, you know, because, uh, he had took care of me. So I felt that he, 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 he was somebody that, cause he asked me to put the label in my name. Okay. You know, he was like, man, you got to put the name. I was like, nah, man, you know, I'm in these streets. Anything in my name, they're going to try to take. So when Nita Baker left the, the label, uh, we sued her. Okay. And we sued Epic,
0: Epic Records, I think. I think it was Epic Records. So she basically had, she, she owed y'all a little bit more time or what?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she had owed us time. And, and they, they, used, they used our producer, too, because uh, Patrick Moten, Patrick Molten was signed to uh, to Beverly Lamb Music as a producer, and Patrick is the one that took her to 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 the other label.
0: Okay. All right. So um. So I I I did want to know like when you was uh locked up or whatever when you was in jail, did any like like people of status come see you? They send you a care package, anything like that, or they just or you just floating by yourself? Nah,
1: I mean I mean uh, Maxine Waters. Ooh, uh, Montel Williams, Montel, uh, Gary Webb, uh, the Hughes brothers. I talked on the phone with them just about every day for a couple for a couple months. Uh, what's the guy name? Another entertainer? Oh, what's his name? Williams. I can't think of his name. I talked to Samuel Jackson when I was in jail. Oh, I should talk to everybody, though. You know, I found the alcoholics while I was in jail. That's tight. Uh, so, you know, I had a few celebrities. Well, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really on the celebrity tip. I was on, can I get some money with you? You know, I don't <laughs> care if you're a celebrity. It's, it's like, can we do something together? What are we going to do together? You know, how are we going to use your celebrity?
0: Yeah,
1: Your celebrity status. If, if we ain't doing that, then... You know we ain't doing nothing.
0: I like the way you think. Love that.
1: So, I mean, if if somebody don't want you to get no money with them, what do they want? Right. They, they just want to kick it with you, see you broke. I, can, I hope I can be broke by myself. I hope
0: everybody's taking notes because that's some, that's some, that's a gem right there.
1: Yeah, they ain't letting you get no money with them. shit You just a groupie.
0: Right. What was it like re entering into society
1: when you were released? Well, I prepared. You know, I, I'm probably over prepared to, to re enter society because um, I always like to go over and above. You know, if I work for somebody and, 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 and they're going to pay me $100, I'm going to try to give them $200 worth of work. So when, when I got ready to come home from prison, I, I was go over. I was over-prepared. I haven't even been able to, to, to express myself yet. You know, I, I probably got another year, and then I'm really going to start expressing myself, you know, the way that I know that I can. Because uh, I had to get my finances up. You know, you can't really express yourself in this country. but if you ain't got finances, don't nobody really believe in you. So uh, I had to go out here and, and, and get in the trenches, you know, and, and get my get my Get my bank rolled up. You know, they say when, whenever, you know, this, when they go to war, mm-hmm. the first thing they do is they go get all their resources. You know, I, I've been paying attention to this thing that uh, Russia's doing over in the Ukraine. And one of the things that Biden's been doing is he's been getting all these other countries to back his place and uh, uh, to put up resources. And, and that's what we have to do when we get ready to go to war. We have to build up our chest. So, you know, when I first got out, uh, I had to build up my treasure chest. So that, you know, people would uh, support my movement, you know, because mm-hmm. you got to do a lot of stuff when you when you fight one of these wars. You know, you got to take care of the soldiers. All the soldiers got to eat. They got to have a place to sleep. you know, uh, gas and air, airfare and, you know, the whole nine yards. So uh, when I got home, I, I already knew that, 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 um, that I was going to make some major news, some major moves. Uh, did you ever get a chance to read the L.A. Magazine article they did on me? Was that the one when they, they,
0: they wrote your uh, obituary? They wrote my obituary, yeah. yeah. Did you read that? I skimmed it. I saw it. I couldn't understand why know, they did that you know, part.
1: You know, when I look at this, when I look at the article, this was my business plan. I literally was telling him my business plan. You know, I didn't write a business plan out. Like they say, you're supposed to write a business plan out. Well, I didn't write it out, but what I did is I had it in my head where I was thinking my business plan. And while he was writing my obituary, I was telling him what my business plan was. And as you remember in the article, he thought I had lost my mind. He was saying, how could a dead man be gonna do music, boxing, books, movies. Uh, uh, go speak at colleges. You know how how is he gonna do all this? And and the United States government said he ain't never getting out of prison again. So uh, when you uh when you read that article, you have gotta really like dig into it, and, and you gotta have an open mind. where, where the writer was at? The writer was. He, he wasn't writing this because my obituary because he hated me and that wasn't the case no he didn't hate me a matter of fact he liked me you know uh, uh i had disappointed him you know by going back to prison but he genuinely cared about me um, and he really felt that uh that was going to be his last time probably even talking to me he didn't think that he would probably ever talk to me again you know uh, um, my my disappointment, you know how I disappointed him so bad that, uh, um, you know, he wrote for the LA Times, and he wrote a story on me when I got home the first time, uh, and everybody at the newspaper kind of got on him about writing the story because they put me on the front page of the metro section, which was huge. I
0: was have a, few
1: people get, I huh?
0: I got a I got a little clip if you. If it's okay to read it. Yeah, you can read it. All right. Now here he was, a three striker. No possibility of parole. And he seemed to be more buoyant than ever. Maybe denial. was no, his...
1: no, not right there. Stop right there. What does buoyant mean?
0: Honestly. I don't know. I need a dictionary.
1: Well, I, I, ain't, I ain't looked up in the dictionary, but just reading from the, from the, from the capture that. He was more defiant about what was going to happen, more determined, more certain than he had ever seen him before. Mm-hmm. Boy, What he's talking about, he's talking about somebody who believes that they're backstroking. You know, when you're backstroking, you're taking it easy. You know, I got this. It's easy. So that's what he meant that I was doing at that time. I was more buoyant, more defiant. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're right. Maybe denial was his only prayer. Rick had plans to produce a mixtape, to launch a clothing line, to stage prize fights, to film a biopic, to show all the naysayers, the cops, the prosecutors, the the moralists, the cynics that they had that they had thrown away the key too soon. Adversity would make him too much. Oh, well, adversity would make him that much stronger. Like the Mandela of
1: War on Drugs, that was strong. Is that strong? Yeah. He said that about a man that had a license. then guess what he said? All the stuff that he said, I done did already. <sighs> I done put out mixtapes. I got a clothing. I got a T-shirt. I sold twenty-five, twenty-two to twenty-five thousand T-shirts of one shirt. My book is out. Matter of fact, I got two books out now. Really, three books. Counting Jimmy the Saint, Black star Page. Uh, the documentary was on Netflix for a year and a half. On the front page of Netflix. My movie. Budgeted right now, $30 million. We got a $30 million budget That's right now.
0: Dope.
1: I got one of the coldest black dude in the movie industry, Reginald Huddleston, slated to direct. He said denial. Did he say denial? He won't say that right now. Yeah. I guarantee. You. If you get him on the phone, he will not say denial. He will say, You know what he told me right now? I was talking about. I ain't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> right. She said, he I ain't surprised or nothing. He said, anything you say, I ain't surprised. Mm-hmm. My man, Jesse Katz. We talk from time to time, too, because I like to call him and rub it in his face a little bit. Hey, Jesse, look at this here. Wait till I get my first uh, world champ in this boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: did read you had a uh a, 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 a what is it, a boxing management company?
1: Yeah, you know, I was just I was just featured in the biggest magazine in, in boxing, Ring magazine. They say it's the Bible of boxing. Hmm. And they just did a feature story on me, had me on the front page.
0: Definitely gotta look into that. I think I saw that on your Instagram though. Did you post that?
1: I did. Yeah. I... <laughs> You know, I got an ego. I'll be one of the funniest. Hey, time. hey, me, you earned it. Let them see what I do. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, the day I was out there working on my marijuana grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I do that, you know, I'll be making the kind of money LeBron James made, but I ain't shooting no balls. You know, I'll be making the kind of money they make on the football field, when I ain't tackling and I ain't getting tackled. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> uh, can, can you expound on that marijuana company because i saw you got you got like vape pens all kind of like oils and stuff
1: yeah they let me sneak in they let me sneak <laughs> in the game you know what i'm saying like i just snuck in through the back door my people was down in ohio today looking at a facility uh it's a it's a black food processing company i can't think of their name but they 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 uh they gave them a license in ohio so they wanted me to come to Ohio and help them and bring my brand to Ohio. Uh, but I started my, uh, I started LA Kingpin about two years ago. Mm.
2: You
1: know, I partnered with a little small company because for me, it's better to get started. Even if you have to start small than to put off and try to be big. You know, a lot of people, they want to be gigantic when they start and, and they just keep putting it off, putting it off and they never get started. But I'm totally the opposite. I believe start small, and let it grow big. And, uh, and that's what I did. You know, we started off with A-Pans, and we went to Wax, Shatter. You know, now I got Flower. Uh, and I got two brands. I got Freeway and I got L.A. Kings pen. Uh, I also wanted the century. You know, uh, we went downtown and argued that there was no blacks that had licenses here in L.A. There was only two blacks out of 190, 98 people. Mm-hmm. And we said that only two blacks that looks racist, it may not be racist. That might not have been your intent, but it sure looks that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the city agreed. Uh, we got first the city of Los Angeles to create a social equity. Oakland created a social equity. Then we got the whole state to do it. Now we're taking that same movement around the country. Chicago did it. Uh, I think Detroit is getting ready to do it. So so it's kind of catching on about social equity, where they're going to make special uh, provisions for, uh, for minorities, and uh, preferably black to, uh, to get licenses in the marijuana business. So that's dope. That's kind of where we at with the marijuana.
0: Somebody told me you, you own, you owned like, farms.
1: Is that true? Uh, well, you know, uh, my building is kind of like a farm, but it ain't really, like, the farm that you would think about. Like, okay. it, it's just a great big brick building, uh, and the whole building just grows marijuana. So they consider that a form, but it ain't the kind of form like people might think with cows and horses. So, you know, I don't eat cows and horses and chickens. Yeah, you're horses, vegan. So. I'm vegan, so I think that, you know, they say cows and horses, they should be petted and, and, and let them run in the past and not eat
0: So I thought vegan people be super skinny. You said you got a belly. I saw you on the interview, and uh, you was like, I got a belly from vegan cookies. How do vegan cookies make you? You know oh my
1: Yeah, I went I went I went all them years without eating any cookies or cakes or nothing, right because in the pen they don't have vegan cookies and cakes. So when I hit the street and I found out they had vegan cookies, I thought you would a box every day. Like every day I'd eat a box of them vegan cookies. And then they didn't have no sugar in them either. So I was like, These it can't be bad for you, no sugar <laughs> But that dough, man, just just, just oh, added up. The know? dough. And I stopped working out. You know, I, I haven't been working out. But I'm getting ready to start working out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire, I'm going to probably hire, like, the, I want to hire, like, the best trainers in the world to, to come in and, and show me their exercises. And, and then I'm just going to do their exercises and try to get this stomach off of me. Well you am going to have sure, the money to afford it.
0: Make sure you FaceTime me so I could work out with you. Cause... <laughs>
1: well, uh, well, you know what I might do? I might just film it so everybody can work out with me.
0: Ay, ay, that'll work, that'll work. And you know what? You could do you know, that. You could make your own aerobic, like, uh, videos and sell them.
1: And now you're me another business. Now you're going to turn, <laughs> turn my workout into a business. Hey. That's crazy. Freeway,
3: freeway, freeway. What's up, my brother? Who that? Who that? Whack 100. What up, Whack? <laughs> hey, boy, I appreciate you putting the people in check the other day. I listened to that video today, man. I mean, you know I ain't going to let them do us. You know that. Hey, that's hey, out. How- hey,
1: Hey what, you know what I said, I say now, whoever you was talking to must have never been to court. Because anybody that go to court, the first thing they say is the police is lying.
3: Off the rip. So I mean, but you know you wanna arms, bro, so we gonna tell you hey I'm gonna keep it real, you know what I mean? Call the spade to spade. I ain't did nothing for you that you wouldn't do for me, you know that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And you told him right though, you say, Man, the man all over the country. And ain't one person
3: got on the internet and say he told on them. I'm not all over the country, nigga. You all through. You still in the gutter. You still pulling up to the park helping these kids. You rode block to block. Like, ain't no, nigga, you ain't doing no ducking, no hide. You more visible than any of us. <laughs> and I ain't got no bodyguard. Not at all. You got a big-ass <laughs> smile, nigga. And you humble <laughs> as fuck, girl. you know. We love you that way. Yeah, yeah, I already know, man. I appreciate you, too. Nah, man, I appreciate you putting up the Mika room, man. She's doing her thing. That's great that you support her call, So I pulled up, man, just to take a listen, man. I'm here for y'all.
0: Thank you, Wack. I Good appreciate job. you. All right, All right this, is my, this is my last question before um, I allow other people to interact with the big homie, you know? So I want to know, because I I, I I I saw that you were, like, real active in the community you know what I'm saying? And I saw you at a convention. I think it was I think it was in Vegas. I think it was Vegas. Where you were doing stuff for like a non-violent or, yeah, to stop the violence uh, act or something like that. A convention I
1: do or all that. I, I was at Juvenile Hall graduation last year. I, I was a keynote speaker at Juvenile Hall, L.A. Last year I was a keynote speaker to the kids who graduated. And, uh, you know, it was like, The best thing I could do, like, what better place to be than right there with them kids who were in juvenile hall? And then then some of the kids, too, what what people don't really understand, too, some of those kids in there ain't really criminals. You know, you, you can go to juvenile hall. Say, for instance, if your mom and dad is on drugs and go to prison and they put you in a foster home and you run away from the foster home, they can put you in juvenile hall. Right, right or if somebody in the foster home was molesting you and you didn't want to take it and you leave, they can put you in juvenile hall. So the kids all the kids in juvenile hall they ain't they necessarily did nothing really major. I mm-hmm. mean you know, they consider running away from the from the foster home a, a crime, but in my opinion that ain't no crime. Right. I, I was committing crimes stealing cars and, and doing the shit I used to do, but I don't consider that a crime. But yeah, uh I, I go all around the country to juvenile halls. I, I, I've been allowed to speak in about four or five men prisons. They don't really like, like me speaking in men prisons. uh cause they think I'm gonna go in there and tell the guys to take over the prison, I guess, <laughs> you know, they don't know. I'm going to tell them how, how I did my bit, how I prepared myself to come home and do the things that, that I'm doing right now. And the things that I'm going to do because, uh, uh, my movement is going to be crazy in about a year, in about a year. uh pay close attention mm-hmm. because it, it's going to get crazy. And I'm talking about banana crazy. Like. Right. <laughs> I believe. They ain't going to believe it. They ain't going to believe it. They thought that cocaine thing was big. Mm-hmm. This, this new movement is, is, is going to be super crazy. Uh, tomorrow I got a meeting with, with, with my man James Fonderoy. Uh He's introduced me to one of the biggest uh, Wall Street guys in the game and the guy wanted to meet me and then, after that, I'm going to meet with another billionaire at at seven o'clock so uh this thing is heating up it's going to get tense <laughs>
0: is it is it? Is it, is it anything you could like you know give us a sneak peek
1: on on what to look out for like what's what's your upcoming well, uh, well, want help I just want to help the hood get money okay I see everybody has some money because i I don't believe that 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 black men are criminals. Out of ill will, you know. When I was in prison, I was just thinking like most of these guys in here are in prison for trying to have some money. That's all they wanted was some money. Right. You know, they didn't want to hurt nobody. They didn't want to rob nobody, but they wanted some money. And in our neighborhood, you know, nobody can teach you how to how to how to, how to you know real estate agent. They ain't teaching you, you know, how to uh, uh, <clears throat> be a banker, you know. But they teaching in the hood is selling dope, robbing, and pimping. And, and, and positive so those are the easiest trades to learn in our in our community so those are the trades that most of our people pick up
2: and mm-hmm. so what we
1: want to do is we want to give our kids exposure to the same thing that 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 the people in beverly hills get you know there's a commercial that be coming on the radio and and it's this teacher uh and he was saying that when 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 he was teaching in beverly hills uh they was asking the kids in beverly hills what school was you going to what college was you going to? But in the hood, the question is, how are you going to go to college? Mm. So what we got to do is we got to make our kids say, oh, we're going to college. We're going to have some money. You know, not right. going to have some money, but I'm going to have some money. So you, That's my goal is, is to show uh, everybody how to become millionaires.
0: That's what's up. you leaving the blueprint.
1: That's what's up. I'm going to leave the blueprint. I try to live it. You know, when they see me live, I'm living – the steps that it took me to get rich in the cocaine game, I'm living the same steps right now in, in, in what I do every day, you know. Every day, you know, I, I, I you know, right now I stay, I stay in Denver Lane Hood, you know. I grew up with Hoovers. Ain't that where you grew up, they though? Twi- I grew up in Hoover Hood. Okay. Right now I live in Denver Lane Hood. Okay. They arch 2 enemies. Mm-hmm. They can't stand each other. You know, they got bodies. But the lanes allow the was to come over to my shop. That's respect. So you know when 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 you see you can do that, and 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 it ain't been easy all the time. You know, time they come over there, man. You let come over here. He can't come over here no more. <clears throat> he, he he got bad, you know, bad history with us. But at the same time, that that to able to be able to do that for me, I I, I feel fortunate. And, and thankful that that that, that they allow me to to, to to be able to do that, and, and uh, you know I just feel fortunate that that I get the kind of love and, and respect I do, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I'm gonna just keep trying to get that, and and keep trying to earn the love and and admiration that that I get from my people. You know, they motivate me to to go forward. you know?
0: Hey, this is Cocktails with Mika. Yes, this is Cocktails with Mika here on the Clubhouse app. If you're on stage and you're enjoying the conversation, put your glasses in the air and let's drink to that. If you're in an audience and you haven't done so already, scroll up top, hit the greenhouse, join the club. To show support, you can also share the club by clicking those arrows on your bottom left side of your screen. We have freeway Ricky Ross in the building. We also have his link at the top where you can purchase his book, 21 Keys to Success, LA Kingpin's cannabis oil products And all other merch For those that are listening in That website is com. Hey, can I get a cocktail? No, please. No, 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 no. Period Something I'm passionate about Like police harassment and stuff like that And I read that um, You was racially profiled By the police do you remember that in like two
1: thousand fifteen? Oh yeah. What happened yeah. with that? How that? Wanted I... me to sit on the curb. The police wanted me to sit on the curb. They uh, I was dropping one of my partners off at a hotel, and I think I must have been in a, a, a Hispanic neighborhood. I guess it was. I don't know. But you know how you get those hotels, and they get you to fly, you know, hotel and the rental car. My buddy got this hotel, and, and he way over in El Monte. And I was like, man, you're all the way in El Monte. That's a 40 minute drive. So anyway, I drove him over there anyway. And um, I'm sitting in the car while he's checking in the room, and the cops pulled up, and I was in the loading zone. So uh, they pulled up to the car and flashed their lights, and I don't, I don't do nothing. You know, I'm good. The car clean, you know insurance, everything. I ain't got nothing to well. worry about. And I ain't on parole no more. So, you know, really ain't got nothing to say to me. And then I forget my son is with me and he's on parole still. Mm-hmm. So the cop come up and ask me, you on parole? And I said, nah, I ain't on parole. So uh, he take my driver's license and registration to the car and he go run him. So then his partner come around to the passenger side and he asked, my son, you on parole? My son said, yeah, I'm on parole. So uh, his partner come back. He said, why you lied to me? I said, lie about what? He said, you say you wasn't on parole? I said, I ain't on parole. He said, he on parole? I said, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I said, that's on him. Get out of the car. I said, you can tell him to get out of the car. You can't tell me to get out of the car. <laughs> so we go back and forth. He put his hand on his gun. You, you you gonna get out the car? I said, Yeah, I'm gonna get out. I get out the car. Uh, he pat me down. Sit on the ground. I ain't sitting on no ground. Sit on the ground. I'm gonna take you to jail. Take me to jail. So uh, he tried to handcuff me. I wouldn't let him handcuff me. I told him to call a sergeant out. You uh, know. You know, before the sergeant get there, they both jumped on me and tackled me take me to the ground, handcuffed me throw me in the car and, uh, that's how they did it. I wanted to make a big deal out of it and, and I got busy and, uh, they they threw the case out of court, and you know the lawyer was like, "Go on let them throw it out, don't fight it you know because I really wanted to go to trial so I was like, Put him on the witness stand, and let the world see how racist his ass was. But uh, you know, getting busy, and 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 then when they thought, oh, Kobe hit too. Mm-hmm. COVID.
0: So one last thing, so you don't have a, you don't you don't have the boxing management company no more? Are you still
1: yeah, doing yeah, that? Yeah, I'm still doing. I'm, I'm still doing the boxing advisory. It's not a management advisory. Oh, advisory. Okay. It's just like almost like managing, but you know, I. I just don't have the obligations as a manager. You know, a manager has certain certain obligations. And I didn't want to make any promises to nobody. I'd rather do more uh than I than I say I'm than I'm supposed to do.
0: That's dope. That that's dope you thought lot, you thought about it like that. And what you doing yeah. with the label? You still signing people or what?
1: Yeah, I got a kid right now, I'm getting ready to sign. He is so dope. Sixteen years old. Um uh, <coughs> I'm hoping to have him signed in the next week or so. When I sign him, I'm going to do a big press release.
0: Mm.
1: Big, big press release. I'm, I'm going to blow him up in a couple of months.
0: He tight? He like uh, that?
1: He like that. He <laughs> like that. I, I, let, I let James hear him yesterday, and James was like, oh, man, he really rap. <laughs> he, he from L.A.? No, he from Oakland. Oh, still Cali. All right. Yeah, yeah, he Cali all the way. He Cali all the way. You know who reminds me of is Roddy Rich. Oh, yeah, he he reminds me of a young Roddy Rich.
0: I hope he's better than Roddy Rich. No shame. <laughs> right, hey, you
1: know, you know, Roddy Rich is cold. <laughs> but but you know, the kid is gonna he gonna probably be bigger as as an artist because of of the marketing and stuff that I'm gonna do with him. That's what's I, I I've seen this probably being bigger than 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 any of them little baby all of them o probably the biggest the biggest in the game because of the marketing I'm gonna do with him. you know I know how to mm-hmm. how to market them to it in, in a sense that that you know uh most people don't know how to do it you know I studied marketing when I was in prison i read i read fourteen books on marketing and, and promotion and then uh you know I had wendy day as a personal coach okay. when I was there and uh, fabian. Who, when, when, when Interscope was in his heyday, he was a, a, a personal friend of mine that I talked to on a on a daily basis. Uh, so, so you know, I got a, a nice little repertoire of uh, promotion up under my belt. All right. Plus, with this, with a sixteen year old kid, it's so easy to market to him because you know you're gonna be marketing to the little kids. kids. Yeah. So, so uh, you know that ain't gonna cost no whole lot of money. You know, you buy my car. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and buy some YouTube ads, huh? Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're a 16-year-old kid, you get a convertible Camaro, you the man.
0: Right. And then post them on YouTube.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> For real.
1: And then, you know, I'm going to have him working with all the top producers in the game. You know, Zaytoven, mm. Brian Kennedy, uh, James Fonda Roy, you know, just just everybody. I'm going to have everybody touch him. That's what's up. The... Probably do about 30 songs on him.
0: Okay. And Guess...
1: just, you know, just blow him all the way out the water.
0: So are you only planning on signing one person or you just got your eye on one person? No, I'm, I'm
1: going to sign a whole bunch of people. I'm going to have to spend all this money. hmm You know, just with my marijuana grow, I'm going to be making like a million and a half a month. You know, what am I going to do with that kind of money? And you said I ain't gonna you, go buy no, I ain't buying no Nike outfit.
2: You better That's not. You got the no, freeway brand. Nah.
1: Exactly. I, I ain't. I ain't gonna be. I ain't gonna be spending it on no Air Jordans and no, you know Yeezy.
2: <laughs>
1: you know I like. I like my old shoes. I like these old black shoes. They feel real good, comfortable. They, they, they I step on a, a, a rock or something on the ground. They go just right to my feet. So I'm gonna keep them until they wear all the way out. <laughs> I like I like to see how 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 long you can wear a pair of shoes before they wear out.
0: Man, you sound like my daddy.
1: And you know, I still got my pants that I wore out of prison.
0: Why you keep them?
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might wear them to a party or something. I'm done. <laughs> they can't tell because they got holes in them and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So they look like the jeans that the young kids be wearing. You know where they have holes Oh, the yeah, they're ripped. Yeah, they look like they're designers, mm-hmm. but they don't know that I wore them out. <laughs> when I got out of prison, I want so much. Hey, I wore them joints like six years. You know, some people they throw their stuff away. I said, "Man, I'm keeping these. I'm gonna treasure these here." So
0: what them you?
1: They might be an NFT. Uh, NFT. There might be an NFT. <laughs> no, you didn't. Hey, the so pants I wore out of prison was they tight? I only had two hundred. No, they wasn't tight. I don't like no tight pants. I can't wear no tight pants. I got out. I only had two hundred dollars, man. I turned this thing around for two hundred dollars. True. Uh-huh. where I'm at today,
0: two hundred dollars.
1: And and I'm gonna be straight up with you. I'm in a position to take over the whole marijuana industry. How? Because they wanna give it to me. Why? They don't know what to do with it. They, they, they don't know you know what they say right now? Everybody in the marijuana industry is hurting right now. They all complaining. They ain't making no money.
0: So what they assume you got the recipe or what?
1: Or are you convinced them? I do. You got... I do. Okay. I do have a recipe. I ain't gonna tell tell them, though. You <laughs> tell them to
2: <laughs> <You're so> sale. <laughs>
1: Hey, we're gonna, gonna trade see. places. We're gonna do like that movie with uh with uh, what's the name? What was that dude named Eddie Murphy. Trading places. Did right. you ever see that? I did see that. Yeah. I did. Yeah, we're gonna trade places. I wanna see how y'all like where I come from.
0: No, for real. I'm gonna be front row yeah, seats but, with, with that.
1: The, with the weed business is 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 it's right for me to take it over. And ain't nobody gonna complain either. That's what's so cold about it. They ain't gonna even complain about me taking a, because they like me. You know, one of the things I learned about, about business is that when people like you, they don't mind seeing you do good. But when it's somebody they don't like, they don't want to see them do good. They be hating on you. Man, I'm going through that right now, but that's another story.
0: But yeah. Um. Show them
1: love anyway. Show them love anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working. I'm going to take, take all my uh, pointers from you.
1: Definitely. Yeah, they work. Hey, my point is work. I see. But- Echo catching on. Uh,
3: yeah, I'm catching on, Rick. You know so you already know what it is. <laughs> All right. So, a, Rick is a fucking
1: genius.
0: I see that, bro. If I could just pick his mind for like
1: 24 hours, man. The only reason I do these these podcasts and stuff so 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 y'all can learn from me. I, that's why I always be when I do them. I don't do them things because. I don't want to be. I didn't want to be famous. <laughs> Shit, I, I like walking around on nobody. You mean, what I tell you? What I tell you? You said, I that. said that. I said that. He never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be rich. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> Give me. That's the, why I never won no jewelry. I never won no jewelry. My girl bought me a Rolex watch. I wore that thing one time.
0: Mm.
1: One fight. That was it. All right.
0: Oh, last question. This is this officially the last question before I get to the next segment of this interview. Um, so what part is it? So, Snowfall. A lot of us feel like Snowfall is about your life. If so, is that an accurate, um, you know, depiction of your story?
1: Hell no. (laughs) I'm watching Snowfall right now for the first time. You, you know, I had lunch one day with Franklin. I was at Whole Foods, and he just came to the table and introduced himself. I didn't know who he was because I never watched the show. And I liked the kids. But the way he allowed them to predict him on 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 the screen is really to be – it's really disrespectful to the whole black community because we don't act like that. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We don't be killing no motherfuckers over no tennis shoes and all that shit like that there. I mean, it has happened before. I ain't going to say it ain't never happened, but that's not – Something that we practice, we don't right. practice no stuff like that. There, you know, that ain't that ain't our mentality. That ain't our, <clears> ain't in us. You know, usually when when, when we do something to somebody because they done did something to the homie, then there's something to your girl. It's a reason behind most of the time. But I I, I, I ain't really, I ain't really. Yo, Rick, I with. was telling them
3: some of that I see because I know some of that is Bo Bennett, like the Valley shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, they mixed it. They mixed Bo yeah, in there. They too. mixed it up, you know, a lot of cats don't just be knowing to play, but
1: Yeah, know, he, be- he tried to, he tried to he tried to mix it up, you know, make 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 dudes smart. I ain't even watch the whole thing, but I'd already heard that that he had mixed Bo Bo in there. He mixed
3: well. both. Yeah, 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 but it's free fall now. Like like the shit now, they just rolling with a motherfucking story, you know? Well, what they, I mean? they done
1: ran out of material.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: but what's so cool is they don't even know LA.
3: Nigga, they, they filmed that shit in, my prog- in the Pacoima Project.
1: That's
2: the Pacoima Project.
3: <laughs> shit, that shit on Bad Eyes and North, for real. Yep, yeah? so It's crazy, but I mean, you know, for what it's worth, you know, they Dub they, C picked up a job because uh, he on the set with them. So, you know, I, I appreciate that because that's my brother, but for what it's worth, it, it's pretty entertaining. If the people that don't know, those of us that know, it's kind of like it's irritating, and then we just say Fuck it, we just watching TV.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If you ain't got nothing else to do, you, you yeah. watch Snowfall. But I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be watching it. I'm gonna be critiquing it. You know, we we got a we got a podcast we just started right now called After the Snow, and well, I'm gonna be coming on critiquing it and talking about it. And I got some other people who will be watching it and, and asking me different questions about, you know, what I feel about it. But you know, I I, I, I think that. For for that to be the first thing that people in other countries see about us, it's a bad look. You know, it takes all the all of the real the real brains out of it. You know, I mean, you know, anybody in LA will tell you, you start committing murders, your your time is is going to be short around here, especially if you're selling dope. You know, they're going to figure you out. You can't be running around here just popping people and, and, and thinking you're going to be selling dope and getting away with it. That's not the case. You know, we sold dope we try to keep the hood calm. Hey man, keep that bullshit down. Stop that gang banging, you know, let let the motherfuckers come over here, let it ride. You know what I'm saying? So we can keep getting our bread because uh, when homicide come and get involved, you know, that's a whole another world. And uh is com?
0: That's the only place to find your merch and all of your stuff that you have on sale or do yeah. you like pop-up yeah. shops and stuff like that or you have a store?
1: I do pop up shops. I do all that. You know, I'm doing. I'm doing one in in Baltimore uh, Saturday. I'm going to Baltimore Saturday to do a pop up down at the the Black College uh, Basketball. How?
0: How will people be able to keep up with? um, How will people be able to keep up with
1: your on on Instagram?
0: Okay. And what's your Instagram name Mm -hmm. for the people that don't know?
1: Freeway Ricky.
0: Freeway Ricky.
1: I'm most active there, but I'm on TikTok and and, and, uh, Facebook and and Twitter. Okay. All All
0: right. So y'all, y'all, y'all heard it here. Y'all want merch? Y'all want the book, Twenty One Keys to Success? Y'all want uh, we vape pens? All that? Hit this link up at the top. Show bros some some support. Y'all got that?
1: I should be opening my dispensary in the next couple weeks.
0: And where that's going to be at?
1: Definitely. It's going to be in Sun Valley. So definitely when I open that, definitely come out. You know, I'm going to have a food truck out. I'm going to have food, free food. You know, I'm, I'm going to be doing it. Free food? That's going to be my first. Yeah, free food. Oh, I'm I'll be there. Just buy the weed. <laughs> get the food for free. Buy the weed. All right. <laughs> <Bye. laughs>
0: All right. So now I want to take this time to allow everybody that's on stage right now or Loyal supporters of the platform cocktails with Mika, and um, I think they 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 earn the opportunity to talk to the talk to the legend on the stage. So, if you have a question, blink your mic, and I'll let whoever ask that question in the queue. So we're gonna go Azriel, Big L, then Josh. Go ahead, Azriel. State your name so he can how know you who he's talking to.
3: Hey, hey, hi, hi, hey, everybody doing this, Azriel. Welcome to Cocktails with Mika. Mr. Rick.
1: What's up, Adriel?
3: Yes, sir. You mentioned that you read uh, law books. I wanted to know what's the key to understanding the law and how would one win an appeal? Uh,
1: Those are two good questions. Uh, Learning the law is, you know, the law is almost a different language. So it's almost like learning a foreign language because they speak differently you had to get you a black law dictionary. And as I was just learning how to read, uh, every word that I saw almost had to go to the dictionary. But when I started reading the law, I had to get the black law dictionary, but it's just, it's just like anything else. You know, with, with us, all we have to do is, is stay on it and don't quit. And and you'll pick it up. Um, you win an appeal by shepherdizing cases, finding cases that are similar to yours, you know, say for instance, if, 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 uh, if you was driving down the street and the police pull you over and and you had dope in the car, uh, well, you would look for cases where you was with other people was driving down the street, and they had dope in the car. And then you figure out why the police pulled him over. You know, uh, uh, the police might've pulled him over cause he looked like a, a suspect or something like that there. So you, you look for cases that are similar to yours because uh, if a cop pull you over because he thought you was somebody else and he find dope in the car, uh, that's the legal search procedure. That case should should be dismissed. So you look for cases that, that are similar to yours and uh you present those cases to the courts and um if the courts believe that their cases like yours, uh the cases are called precedents, uh they, they'll throw your case out. Basically.
3: Appreciate that, appreciate that. Thank you.
1: No doubt. So we
0: got Big L? Yeah. What's going
3: on there, Rick? Uh, this is Big L from Washington, D.C. You know, we talked a couple times on Instagram. You remember? Uh,
1: no, I don't. You know how many people I talk to on Instagram? <laughs> uh, millions,
3: millions, yeah. But, uh, Forgive Washington. me, brother. Oh, that's all right, brother. Yeah, yeah, from Washington, D.C. But uh, I'm
1: going to be I in D.C. this weekend.
3: Okay, I heard you talking about that. Uh, uh, is, is your contact information good? Because I fly it up on you in Baltimore. I want to talk to you about doing some business with that, uh, cannabis with, uh, with the chat.
1: Okay. Yeah. My number, my my number's still the same.
3: Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to slide your message and you just let me know where you are at. And I'll stop by there and we'll do a uh, greet if you got time. Okay. For sure. All right. Josh. OG salute and much respect. Um,
1: throughout all your trials and tribulations, um, what was your biggest lesson that you've learned so far? That I'm great.
3: <laughs> respect, respect.
1: And I got to believe in myself. If I don't believe in myself, nobody else will. And and that's the case with most of us, you know. Uh, you know, when you come from our neighborhoods, you know, we don't really get to see much of uh, success in our neighborhood, you know, when 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 like when I was growing up, a successful person in our community was somebody who worked at Tide Shipyard who was a welder or somebody who worked at the product tissue company. You know, those were considered uh, uh uh successful people, trash trash truck drivers. But now, you know, you can you can open your dreams up bigger now, you know, you can be like whack a manager of artists or or there's so many other things that we can do as, as 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 people now because you know with the internet it opens up a lot of doors for us that that used to not be open you know that knowledge that that a lot of kids got that that we didn't have you know say instance, like my lawyer you know we were sitting in the cell one day and 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 I just asked my lawyer how did he become a lawyer and then he was like oh my mom was a lawyer and my dad was a lawyer so it makes it real simple for, for somebody that, that, that has a mom and a dad as a lawyer and for somebody who comes up in our community who, who mom might not work and they may not even know their dad. So um, <clears throat> we first got to believe in ourselves. And once you believe in yourself, if you really believe in yourself, then you're going to start taking the actions to uh, make the things that that you believe that you can do, you'll start making them happen.
0: I like
3: that one. For sure, I appreciate that.
0: All right, boss,
1: you go ahead. You got the floor.
3: How you doing, Rick? I'm good. You? I'm all right, man. Um, I got a question. Um, as far as your uh, cannabis uh, company, are you looking for outsources on um for shipping and all that for trucking companies?
1: Uh, you know, you have to be uh uh. uh, uh your your car has to be registered with the state in order to ship. So it's 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 a little more difficult than 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 just throwing it in a diesel truck. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: All right. So All right. That was my question. As far as your um uh your label go, when you sign the little youngster from Oakland. And, Not yet. I haven't, we well, haven't signed yet. Yeah, but when you do or, you know, if you do all that, keep me in mind because Cocktails with Miki will, will be happy to assist you in promotion and marketing and letting people, um, you know, hear, you know, first first, uh, listens to the music and all like that. I'll be more than happy to use my platform to get it out there, even though I know you got a bunch of outlets, but I wouldn't mind being one of those outlets.
1: You got that. Thank you got you. that.
0: Um, Tamika, where you at? You in L.A.? Yep. All uh, right. Well, we got to connect. Yep, yeah, my grandma stay right down the street from you. I'm not far. From me? Yeah. Oh, you know where I am at? Well, you told me in the lanes. My, my family in the 40s. Oh, yeah. That ain't
1: that far. Right.
0: So, yeah, we could definitely do that. I still got your number locked in my
1: phone. So. All right, call me. Let's hook up. Definitely. All right. Anybody else?
3: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to tell them. Hey, hey, Billy from Morgan said, "What up, bro?" A big on, you know, you know. I, I texted him. And he was like, "Yo, yo, you know, you gotta say what up to on for me." I was like, "Yeah, yeah hell yeah." Anyway. Billy, I
1: said, "What's up, man?" That's my guy.
3: Oh uh, yeah, you already know. You already know. Fan yes, business. Yes.
1: yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody for inviting me on and and. and Taking time out to hear hear my madness, you <laughs> know, uh, and I hope that uh, anybody that's interested in working with me, uh, you can find me. You know, I'm definitely open to uh, to others coming in and, and and enjoying the party. Enough room for everybody. Thank y'all. I'm gone.
0: Oh, one last thing. One last thing. One last Thank- thing. One more. One more thing. Huh? Uh-huh. The 21 keys. The eight, is that just. Is that your newest book? But you have more than one book, right?
1: Yeah, that's the newest one. Okay. I'm working on another one right now. All right. I'm working, I'm working on one right now. You know, uh, I think I'm going to call it why niggas don't want money. Ooh,
0: that's spicy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm working on right now.
0: All right. And can you tell me? Um,
1: and last... that's the first time I ever told anybody their name, so. Hey, that Hope was exclusive. Drop
0: one on that one.
1: Period. I dropped it right here first. You heard it. You heard it right here. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on that one for a couple of years now. Why niggas don't want money? Yeah, why niggas don't want money? Period. All right, and uh, my man said, my man said, why should white men have all the fun? So now I'm gonna say, why niggas don't want money? No, it was a gang bang. They was a gang bang.
0: And can you let us know, because you sound like a really, really uh, a reader, you know, so what's your I haven't three? Th-
1: been reading since I, I haven't been reading since I've been home. Oh, for real? My eyes done got bad. Yeah, my eyes done got bad. But, you know, I have read so much. My game is so tight right now that I don't even need no more games. What's your three favorite books? Think and Grow Rich, Richest Man in Babylon, As a Man Think.
0: You got to say gotta Slower, Unc. We got some slow people. They, they probably high. That.
1: They probably high. You got All they <laughs> gotta do is go online and Google what is Rick Ross's three favorite Because I done told them on everywhere I go. Glad Joe Rogan, uh, uh everywhere I went I done told them what my three favorite books is. It's in it's in the article that, that you read. The LA oh, magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in it's in Esquire Magazine's eightieth anniversary. You he never you never read the spook by the door? No.
0: You gotta read that one.
1: I met the guy who wrote it.
0: You lying. See, how you yeah, just gonna I mean, come just dump that on me like that? I'm like, did you read it? Nah, but I met the guy who wrote it. That's a flex, <laughs> man. <laughs> Heck no. Jeez.
1: Hey, we was it we was when I when I went to fair, uh, when I went to Fair kind of had dinner, uh I think he went with us. Dang. He was at the dinner with us. Man Yeah I had dinner I had dinner with Farrakhan like like a couple of weeks after I was out. You gonna go to his last speech? Is that gonna be his last speech? Yeah,
0: this weekend. That's his last speech in Chicago.
1: Ooh, I need to go there. He ain't doing
0: no more speeches after that. You will not hear Farrakhan's speech. I took
1: speech. that gig though. I took that gig in Boston.
0: Oh, you got something to do.
1: You no, know, once I take that, you know, once I commit to something, I usually go through with it. I Where did you buy? Go hear Farrakhan's last speech. I had to get the recording because mm-hmm. he blessed me when I was in jail.
0: I see you didn't you didn't, you didn't mention Farrakhan.
1: When I didn't mention him,
0: I didn't hear you say Farrakhan.
1: Yeah, Farrakhan blessed me when I was in jail. I mean, he 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 didn't. Books, he didn't give me the, those are my three favorite books. But Farrakhan has blessed me with, you know, he told me that I was great. That's what's up. he black man, is the greatest that ever lived. So, you know, i bit into that shit. And start acting like it.
0: Right, <laughs> as you should.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I ain't always act like I should have. You know, sometimes we act like fools. You know, forget who we are. And when you forget who you are, other people will show you who you ain't.
0: Exactly.
1: And I think that's been the problem with us here in America. You know, we, we, we forgot the fact that we built the pyramids, that we was not working with metal before anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we was doing uh, cataract surgery.
0: That's dope, though. Hopefully all of us okay. can start thinking like you. All of us.
1: We just we just gotta catch our essence again.
0: I believe that. That's a you know, fact.
1: Vericon kind of say kind of said if you use fifteen percent of your brain, you could send a rocket ship to outer space.
0: Mm.
1: So we ain't using none of our brain.
0: At all. Well so now we got
1: use our brain. We'd we'll be so dangerous.
0: All we gotta do is keep I'm trying to do. Keep having leaders like you.
1: I want to show our young people that we can be dangerous without a gun. No, mm.
0: you
1: know, they say that pen is sharper than a sword. So let's use that pen.
0: Thanks for coming out to have cocktails with me yet again. That was another successful episode. That website to get all of Freeway's merchandise and books is freewayricky.com. Thanks, guys, again. Peace, love, and blessings next time.